My name is Michael Young, and I'm an insurance coverage and extra-contractual lawyer in St. Louis, Missouri. And this is another tale from Insurance Land. You know what it's like when you have important company coming over? You clean the whole house, vacuum all the floors and carpets, even tidy up that bathroom near the guest bedroom that no one ever uses? That's what it was like for the insurance community in Hartford, Connecticut in October 1874. Over the course of the 19th century, Hartford had quickly become one of the leading setters of insurance in the United States. By October 1874, over 25 fire insurance companies had started in Hartford, led by Hartford Fire Insurance Company, which was incorporated in 1810, and Aetna Fire Insurance Company of Hartford, which was incorporated in 1819. Many of them folded after losses from the Chicago Fire of 1871, but companies like Hartford Fire, Aetna, and another appropriately named Phoenix Insurance Company survived. Hartford had a share of life insurance companies as well, such as Connecticut Mutual Life Insurance Company of Hartford, American Mutual Life Insurance Company of New Haven, and the Connecticut Health Insurance Company, which was later renamed the Hartford Life Insurance Company. And then in the 1860s, a Hartford businessman named James Goodwin Batterson decided to introduce a new type of insurance to the American market. Batterson was an interesting cat. He made his money in the granite and marble business. President Lincoln appointed him building contractor for the Library of Congress building in Washington, D.C. He also built the Masonic Temple in New York City, the Connecticut State Capitol in Hartford, the Connecticut Mutual Life Insurance Building in Hartford, the Mutual Life Insurance Building in New York, and the Equitable Life Insurance Building, also in New York. He built a number of monuments, such as the American Volunteer Monument at Antietam National Cemetery, the Soldiers National Monument at Gettysburg, and the Alexander Hamilton Monument in Central Park. Let's just say this, the guy got stuff done. When traveling in England, Batterson became impressed with a type of insurance called accident insurance. This insurance would provide benefits for death or injury caused by certain accidental hazards. He initially planned to offer insurance against the risk of travel only and called his company the Traveler's Insurance Company. The next year, the company began to insure against non-travel related risk as well. The success of Traveler's was so great that it soon began to sell life insurance as well, becoming the first multi-line insurance carrier in the United States. By the 1870s, Batterson decided it was time for the Hartford community to take its place on the international insurance stage. He invited the writer Cornelius Walford of London, England to travel across the ocean to visit Hartford and speak amongst the leaders of the insurance community. Walford was something of an insurance celebrity in the 1870s. I don't know if I would call him a LinkedIn legend, but he was pretty famous. Walford was known for his great insurance literary work called The Insurance Cyclopedia, a work that he expected to fill 10 volumes, with each volume containing about 600 pages. That's a lot of insurance reading. UCPCU students think you have a lot to read? Check out Cornelius Walford's Insurance Cyclopedia. Anyway, 
Getting Walford to travel from London to speak at Hartford was quite a coup for Travelers Batterson. As the Hartford Current later described it, Walford was, quote, in every respect a prominent insurance man. To do him honor in America is reflecting honor upon the American insurance interest, end quote. A banquet was arranged for Walford in October 1874 at Allen House, one of the finest hotels in the city of Hartford. Representatives from the major Hartford carriers were there, Hartford Fire, Aetna, Connecticut Mutual, to name a few, and travelers, of course. After 8 p.m., they all gathered in the dining room. After dinner, they all gave speeches in which the Hartford Current reported the sentiments flowed freely. As guest of honor, Mr. Walford spoke first. He paid tribute to Batterson and Traveler's Accident Insurance. have come under a disadvantage. I think I have a good claim against Mr. Batterson's company for the circumstances in which I have found myself placed. It is an accident of the most serious kind. My idea of Hartford is of a city with streets ten miles long and with every house an insurance office built of Batterson's granite. He then addressed the other insurer representatives in the room. Not in any corner of the world could one go without finding agents of Hartford insurance companies. They have made a name and reputation in Europe and are model institutions. It is a pleasure to meet the men who have done these things. They resemble other men. They are solemn at dinner, though they do have a playful expression of countenance. I must congratulate Hartford on its practical success. He then spoke of insurance generally. But this business of yours is an ancient one. 6,000 years ago it was practiced. I have, in the course of my life, made insurance a study, and I am assured that it is as antique as history. Even as the ships of Tarshish were insured, Insurance is connected with commerce as far back as history goes, and you may be proud to be identified with the success of so noble an undertaking. Gentlemen, I thank you for the honor which you have done me. I come to your shores to seek health and recreation. I had no thought of your design to kill me by kindness. I am surprised at this outburst of good feeling, and I thank you cordially for it. The speech was not bad, mostly the standard, vague, complimentary comments about the value of insurance, like you typically hear at these things. Representatives from the various insurers in the room then spoke. Little record remains of what they said. But then to the podium came a director from a brand new accident insurance company in Hartford, which called itself the Hartford Accident Insurance Company. The director's name was Samuel Langhorn Clemens. You may better know him by his pen name, Mark Twain. What in the world was Mark Twain, America's greatest writer, 
doing as a director of an accident insurance company? Well, Twain had decided to invest in the Hartford Accident Insurance Company upon the recommendation of his friend, Joe Goodman. Goodman was the editor of a Nevada newspaper called the Territorial Enterprise, which was the first newspaper to publish the story from Sam Clemens under the byline Mark Twain. Goodman and Twain's friend, Senator John P. Jones, also from Nevada, had started to start an accident insurance company which would rival James Batterson's Travelers Insurance Company. Senator Jones had gotten rich as a silver mine owner in Nevada and saw money to be made in the accident insurance concept introduced to the American market by travelers. He became the company's new president. Newspaper advertisements billed Hartford Accident Insurance Company as the, quote, only company in the United States devoted exclusively to accident insurance, end quote. A clear shot at its accident insurance rival, Travelers, which sold multiple lines of coverage. Those newspaper advertisements prominently displayed Samuel L. Clemens as one of the company's directors. That was no accident. Pun totally intended. The company wanted the prestige that Mark Twain's name, or rather, Samuel Clemens' name, would provide to the new insurance company's board of directors. So Senator Jones agreed to reimburse Twain his initial investment of $23,000, which is over $620,000 in today's money, should the company fail. Initially, it worked. The Hartford Current wrote in June 1874 that the investment of Twain, among others, showed that the new company, quote, starts under the most favorable auspices, end quote. It was a 19th century version of a celebrity endorsement, and Twain was along for the ride. Some in the literary community, however, took issue with Twain's involvement with an insurance company. Here's a pretty snarky commentary from William Seaver writing about him in Harper's Weekly. Samuel L. Clemens, sometimes known as Mark Twain, has at last found out his true mission. From idling away his time as a writer, he has determined to become an underwriter, one of those practical, money-absorbing men for whom Hartford is a sort of hive, so to speak. The cash citizens of Hartford have resolved to beget a new accident insurance company, of which it is surmised that Mr. Clemens, who will be a stockholder, is to be made old prex. He has met with a great many accidents in his day and night generation, and now proposes to go into it as a matter of statistics and income. Meow, right? I'm guessing that Mr. Seaver is the type of fellow who have been beaten down pretty quickly on my elementary school playground. But in any event, it is with this background that Mark Twain walked to the podium and addressed Cornelius Walford and the other Hartford insurance luminaries at the 1874 banquet at Allen House. He first addressed the guest of honor, Mr. Walford, his company's competitor, Mr. Batterson from Travelers, and the other insurance company dignitaries. I am glad indeed to assist in welcoming the distinguished guest of this occasion to a city whose fame as an insurance center has extended to all lands. In giving us the name of being a quadruple band of brothers working sweetly hand in hand. The Colts Armed Company, making the destruction of our race easy and convenient. <laughs> Our life insurance citizens paying for the victims when they pass away. <laughs> Mr. Batterson perpetuating their memory with his stately monuments. <laughs> and 
our fire insurance comrades taking care of their hereafter. <laughs> I am glad to assist in welcoming our guest, first, because he is an Englishman, and I owe a heavy debt of hospitality to certain of his fellow countrymen, and secondly, because he is in sympathy with insurance and has been the means of making many other men cast their sympathies in the same direction. Then he began to share his thoughts on accident insurance. Certainly, there is no nobler field for human effort than the insurance line of business, especially accident insurance. Why, ever since I have been a director in an accident insurance company, I have felt that I am a better man. Life has seemed more precious. Accidents have assumed a kindlier aspect. Distressing and special providence have lost half their horror. I look upon a cripple, now with affectionate interest, as an advertisement. <laughs> I do not seem to care for poetry anymore. I do not care for politics. Even agriculture does not excite me. But to me... Now there is a charm about a railway collision that is unspeakable. <laughs> he wasn't done. There's nothing more beneficent than accident insurance. I have seen an entire family lifted out of poverty onto affluence by the simple boon of a broken leg. <laughs> I've had people come to me on crutches with tears in their eyes to bless this beneficent institution. In all my experience of life, I have seen nothing so seraphic as the look that comes into a freshly mutilated man's face when he feels in his vest pocket with his remaining hand and finds his accident ticket all right. <laughs> and I have seen nothing so sad as the look that came into another splintered customer's face when he found he couldn't collect on a wooden leg. There's more. I will remark here by way of advertisement that the noble charity which we have named the Hartford Accident Insurance Company is an institution which is peculiarly to be depended upon. A man is bound to prosper who gives it his custom. No man can take out a policy in it and not get crippled before the year is out. <laughs> now, there was one indigent man who had been disappointed so often with his other companies that he had grown disheartened. His appetite left him. He ceased to smile, and his life was but a weariness. Three weeks ago, I got him to insure with us. And now he is the brightest, happiest spirit in this land has a good steady income and a stylish suit of new bandages every day and travels around on a shutter. <laughs> I will say, in conclusion, that my share of the welcome to our guest is nonetheless less hearty because I talk so much nonsense. And I know I can say the same about the rest of these speakers.
The Hartford Current later described Mark Twain's speech as the, quote, feature of the entertainment, end quote, for the evening. Others later described it as one of the greatest all-time after-dinner speeches. I earlier had purposely failed to mention that in his opening speech, Cornelius Walford made a reference to Mark Twain's insurance company. Here it is. The life and activity that are apparent in Hartford show that the city is alive to business and commerce. It is a pleasure to be here, to see these new companies started, such as my friend Batterson has started, whose company is a model of success, and whose example is even an encouragement to my friend on the right. That was Mark Twain. But I believe he wants to elevate the business of insurance, and the progress with which his company, Hartford Accident, makes will be worth study. Worth studying, indeed. As Mark Twain's speech that evening almost seemed to predict, his Hartford Accident Insurance Company paid way too much in claims in contrast to the premiums that the company collected. Archibald Ashley Welch explained the difficulties of starting an accident insurance company in the 1860s and 1870s in his 1935 article, A History of Insurance in Connecticut. There were no records of accidents in the various mills and manufacturing plants of the country, which would furnish the data for calculating the premiums that would be required to insure men employed in the different occupations. Premium rates must be formulated by trial and experience, and many a similar company formed in the years succeeding the birth of the travellers was buried by the losses resulting from inexperience in this hazard of accidents and human nature. Only one of these unhappy companies was a Hartford Corporation. Who was that unhappy corporation? Mark Twain's Hartford Accident Insurance Company. It was a little surprising. Senator Jones, who was the president of the insurance company, had hired his son-in-law, George B. Lester, to serve as actuary, secretary, and director. Lester had been an actuary at Travelers, so as you can see, this little endeavor really was a full frontal attack on Travelers. And it failed badly. After 18 months in business, the Hartford Accident Insurance Company, as Twain wrote in his autobiography, quote, went to pieces, end quote. By the fall of 1876, the company had decided to discontinue business and wind up its affairs. But as the Hartford Current announced, the former company's policyholders had good news. The policyholders of the Hartford are to be congratulated on being thus indemnified against loss by good men who are perfectly familiar with the business, know what they undertake, and are able to respond. At maturity, the policies will be rewritten by the Travelers Insurance Company. If Archibald Welch's theory about why companies like the Hartford Accident Insurance Company failed is correct, it's as simple as this. The underwriting. The young company simply did not know enough about the risks that it was insuring against to set premiums sufficient to prevent the company from going into bankruptcy. It's often overlooked, but underwriting has a tremendous impact on claims. If the insurance policy issued by the carrier does not fit the risk of the insured, there's trouble. You see it today in cyber insurance, where insurers are pushing more and more in insurance applications to learn more about the policyholders' operations and systems. You see it in auto insurance, where family members come and go from the household 
and the carrier struggles to keep up with the changing risks. You see it in medical malpractice insurance where the nature and extent of the medical professional's practice may not meet the terms of the policy. If you have ever had to deal with one of these situations, it can be very frustrating. In the case of Mark Twain's Hartford Accident Insurance Company, it apparently was fatal. Never forget this. When it comes to claims, underwriting is critical. Absolutely critical. After the Hartford Accident Insurance Company folded in the fall of 1876, it took years for Mark Twain to get his $23,000 investment back from Senator Jones. George Lester, who was the senator's son-in-law and actuary for the former company, tried to act as an intermediary between Senator Jones and Twain, but he was ineffective. Twain thought he was too timid to bring the matter up with his father-in-law. He grew fed up with both of them. Lester was to have written me last Friday what he said to the lying thief, U.S. Senator John P. Jones, and what said thief said in reply. It is now Tuesday, and, as usual, not a word from Lester yet. These two men are habitual liars. Twain was so incensed with Senator Jones that he considered writing a critical piece about congressional practices using Jones as a central figure. But then John Slee, a coal business executive and a friend of Twain's, raised the matter with Senator Jones. Slee visited Jones and began in his tactful and diplomatic way to lead up to my matter. But before he got well started, John glanced up and said, Do you mean to say that that money has never been paid to Clemens? He drew his check for 23000 at once. Said it ought to have been paid long ago and it would have been paid at the moment it was due if he had known the circumstances. There are not many John P. Joneses in the world. That is so true, and it's just another tale from Insurance Land. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Tales from Insurance Land. I'd like to thank another wonderful group of voice actors for this episode of the podcast. Simon Jackson played the role of English insurance aficionado Cornelius Walford. Dottie Barnes played the role of literary critic William Seaver. Professor Hans von Puppet played the role of insurance historian Archibald Ashley Welch. Dane read the newspaper text from the Hartford Current. And of course, Colin Hughes made a return appearance on Tales from Insurance Land with his incredible portrayal of Mark Twain. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to the Tales from Insurance Land podcast and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or Amazon Music. And you can always learn more about the podcast and other bonus episodes at our website, talesfrominsuranceland.com. That's Tales from Insurance Land. Until next time, if someone asks you why you are pursuing a career in insurance, just tell them this. Certainly, there is no nobler field for human effort than the insurance line of business. 
I have seen an entire family lifted out of poverty onto affluence by the simple boon of a broken leg. I've had people come to me on crutches, with tears in their eyes, to bless this beneficent institution. In all my experience of life, I have seen nothing so seraphic as the look that comes into a freshly mutilated man's face when he feels in his vest pocket with his remaining hand and finds his accident ticket all right. And I have seen nothing so sad as the look that came into another splintered customer's face when he found he couldn't collect on a wooden leg.